sweet friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Teichmiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of The Deeper Life. Today on the podcast, I am just so excited to have my friend Jake Kelfer. One of the reasons why I wanted to have him on the show, aside from his incredible talent and influence in my life, is to give you guys an inside view, kind of a peek into my life and the way that I um, communicate and have friendships, really. And, And that's really what Jake is to me. He's one of my dear friends, and he's someone who challenges me and he knows my business goals, knows my life goals, and we're able to be very honest with each other. And I think that's one big part of a deeper life that we all strive for, including me, and sometimes fall short of, is we want to have this deep life, this super connected life, this this life that feels full and honest and vulnerable. And we can harness a lot of that energy for ourselves And then once we've figured out who we are and we're super self-connected, then it's time to have a deeper life and a deeper relationship and friendship with other people. And that is really, really, really difficult. It's, It's difficult enough to dive into your own self. And it's even more difficult sometimes to dive in to someone else and with someone else on your journey in life. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have Jake on the show is because he has uh, been a coach to me. We've kind of been peer mentoring each other for years now. And on this episode in particular, we talk a lot about energy and the way we spend energy, the way we give it, the way that we hold space for it, what we can learn about the way that we feel most energized and least energized. And we also talk about your morning rituals and your daily activities that take from and add to your energy levels. And not just your physical energy, but your emotional and mental energy and the way that your day-to-day life can take a toll on that and identifying what aspects of your life are giving to you and what aspects of your life are taking from you in an unhealthy way. So before we dig into this episode, which is just filled with so much honesty and um, connection and and it, it makes it easy because Jake and I have been friends for over four years now. And I really want you to be thinking through as you're listening to this episode, think through who in your life or who in your business can you share your goals with? And it can be one person, it can be many people, but really it's important to have those people in our lives who know what we are working towards, who know who we are striving to be, and that can help us in that journey. We don't have to do everything alone. We are not an island. You know, we we have multiple bridges coming to and from, and we belong with other people, and we belong to be, uh, we long to be connected. 
And um, just be thinking through who in your life could maybe be that person for you, that accountability partner, someone to speak life into your business goals, your life goals, your relationship goals. And so that is why I'm excited to introduce Jake Kelfer to y'all. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur and a coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, helping people create incredibly impactful and profitable businesses. He has the highest energy I think I've ever experienced in someone, which makes sense because he's a best-selling author of Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network. So he has two different books on elevation. And if you are struggling with networking in life and business, his book, Elevate Your Network, is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. He's also a high-energy motivational speaker and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped over 70 NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. He and his work have been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. He knows his stuff, y'all, and I'm so excited to have him on the show today talking about energy and um, as well as how to stay connected with people and, and where to give energy and where to let energy go. All right, friends, let's dig in. What's up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. I'm here with one of my dear friends, Jake Kelfer. We've been friends now for, gosh, five years, six, no, four, four years. A long time. (laughs) Definitely been friends for a good amount of time. Yeah. And we met because I used to host a podcast called The Laptop Lifestyle. And I saw Jake, I think from like Instagram or something. That's always been my vibe. It was like, see someone that's intriguing or that I feel like I could connect with on Instagram and reach out to them. (laughs) And saw that you had written a couple books and was just so impressed by where you were in your life at such a young age at that time. Now we're both in our late 20s. So we're so old. Um, But yeah, I reached out to him and had him on the podcast, The Laptop Lifestyle which I'll actually link that episode in the show notes of this episode because I think it would be really cool to see like how much we've both grown from that interview. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm just so thankful for your friendship. And not not only are we friends, but I would basically consider us like peer mentors. Like we jump on calls once a month, hold each other accountable, talk through business stuff. Like Jake has been such a huge integral part of, you know, helping me with my mindset, helping me with that big leap of quitting my job, going all in on deeper life. Like, so not only is this great for y'all to listen to like our friendship dynamic, but also get to learn from his wisdom and insight and energy level on all things, making choices, cultivating energy and uh, going after whatever it is that you want. So welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yes, let's go, Alexis. What what an intro. I mean, it's I'm I'm pumped to be back because every time we have a conversation, like everybody gets excited. Me, yeah. you, listeners, it just is always so fun. So your mom, uh, I'm excited. my mom, definitely my mom. I mean, she's she's gonna listen to this at least four times. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, let's dig into the topic of energy. 
and I haven't really talked about this on the show very much, but I do think a, a level of having a deeper life is being very in tune and aware of your energy level. And when I think of someone who has so much energy and also cultivates it in a way that is sustainable over time, you know, like very rarely, I mean, there have been some moments in our friendship where you've kind of been a little burnt out, but you have this way of, of like really sustaining your energy level to, it's, it's something I aspire to do. So I'd love to just like dive in on that topic. So energy is one of those interesting things because in a, it's a resource, right? And that resource right. needs to be filled. That resource needs to be filled and refueled and utilized and, and taken care of just as if we were to take care of ourselves like a car, right? And when I think of like the my energy is I come to play. I come to play and I come fully present in every interaction that I have. And I think part of the reason why the energy shows up is because I know it's my duty to give what I need to give to that person that I'm interacting with or to the group mm -hmm. of people that I'm going to communicate with or to the Instagram live video that maybe one person or 1000 people are on. I need to bring the energy to serve those people. Now that said, I think energy is sustainable when you understand what it is you're trying to do with your life. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we have energy in brief moments or brief spurts based on if we're doing something we like or doing something that excites us. And then we lose energy when we're not as motivated or when it's not as easy to do. And so sustainable energy really comes from the systems that set your life up to do the things you want to do and really creating the ability to show up for the people that need you. Mm -hmm. And this, this connection between the sustainability of energy and the connection of, you know, what it is that you want. That's really interesting. I've actually never quite put that correlation together. So I, I can definitely relate to that of feeling really connected to where I'm headed, feeling really connected to the work I'm doing. And there's natural energy there. But how do you stay motivated? Like <laughs> I struggle, you know, this about me, I struggle with this hard. So I feel like you know, you're kind of an anomaly, dude. Like you are this like energizer bunny level of energy. And like, where does it come from? You know, is that something that you've always had? Is it something that you're very mindful of or something that's natural? Do you, I do think that naturally our bodies and minds are different. So some people have access to different levels of energy too. Um, would love to hear your experience on that. So for me, I think that when it comes to talking about this is, is I like to think that we all have a base level. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have our base, we have our normal, and that's where we're at. Right. And just like with our happiness and the, the science will show you with your happiness levels, we have a base level of happiness, but we can also increase that with over 50% of our actions and our choices. I think the same thing can be kind of said about our energy. When there's something that we're doing that really excites us, our energy is higher, Right. When it's something that you are like, oh my gosh, I'm going on a podcast today with Alexis. I'm like, let's go. Like the energy immediately goes higher than where it was. But I think something that's super, super important is that we take our time to utilize our energy in the right ways. Because just like our decisions, we get decision fatigue. Our energy can be fatigued as well. And so like for me, like when I come to show up, you see that energy because I want to bring it there. And I know that my energy can transmit the right emotional feeling to somebody else that will make them have more energy that will then have them spread that same energy elsewhere. But I also think it's very important that no matter how energetic I may seem, 
is that we understand where our levels of energy are and what kind of work we need to do to make sure we can show up with the right energy for the people that need our energy. And Mm -hmm. that's something that's really, really pivotal is that when we understand when to use our energy, how to show up with our energy, that's when we can really make an influence for ourselves, connecting with ourselves, but also connecting with the other people around us based on the different areas of our life. Right. And something else that comes to mind is being honest about where your energy level is. Like before we get on this and I hit live, I asked you, where are you today? What's your energy like? Where are you emotionally? And then you asked me the same thing. And there's this – it's an opportunity to to stop and be aware in a conversation with someone where you're at emotionally and where your energy is as well as connect with the other person. Um, and so I think there's also that level – and I've done this, I've started to do this more is I'll ask my friends or when I'm, you know, in relationship with someone in a conversation before we dig in, I love to know where they're starting from. What happened in your day? What's going on? How are you feeling today? Where are you emotionally? Where's your head at? Because that also allows me to bring more energy or maybe I'll even bring a little bit less energy and meet them where they are if they need that softer, you know, momentum of energy instead of being like full force. So I think there's also a, a really op- a great opportunity for connection by being aware and checking in on where's my energy and where is someone else. And then, you know, just being able to have that honest conversation. Cause it's like, if you know someone's had a difficult day and their energy might be a little bit lower, you, you don't, you're not in the back of your head being like, what's wrong with them? Are they okay? Is it me? And it's like, you're able to just like meet each other in this really beautiful, like honest place. And I, I would take it even one step further. Like, you know me, I'm a systems guy and I like systems to create freedom. So when it comes to this, when it comes to this and related to energy is, and you could do this exercise right now. And I'm kind of making this up as we go, but I'm going to put it on, put it out there for all of us is if you're listening to this and you know you have something coming up in the next hour or you have something, you're in the car listening to this and you're headed to a meeting or you're driving home and then you're about to decompress for the night, knowing what's coming next can help you dictate where your energy needs to be and therefore you can work backwards to understanding how you can get the right energy. So mm-hmm. if I know I have a podcast coming up, I need to bring the energy. I'm not going to show up on a podcast and be a seven out of 10. I'm totally. going to be a nine, 10 out of 10, where I bring the heat, I bring the fire, I bring everything I got. So if that's the case, I need to start prepping for that in advance. I need to plan out my day. Okay, I know I have a podcast at 1 p.m. Therefore, from 1230 to 1, I need to do something that's going to regenerate my energy rather than deplete it. And that's where it comes to understanding who are we as people and how do we refuel our energy? Because I may get energy from talking to five other people in a row. Somebody else may get energy from taking a couple deep breaths, thinking about themselves, being cool, calm, and collected, and then going full force. Mm -hmm. So when you can understand and work backwards from where it is that you need to be with your energy levels, you can create the right action steps to setting you up for energy success. Right. And just bouncing off of that, and I love that you you gave that example, I was also thinking of like the the bounce between like being honest about where you are and not trying to compare where you are to someone else. Like 
just like you, what you said about someone might get a lot of energy from talking to nine people in a row and somebody might get energy from being by themselves, no phone, taking a walk. And so there's also that level of knowing yourself to where you know, you're know you comfortable with the way that you are sustaining and cultivating your energy because it works for you. And what works for someone else doesn't necessarily have to work for you. But that's that that's that like digging a little bit deeper and being like, well, what does work for me? You know, where, where is my energy? What does like feel good? What doesn't feel good? Like talking to people all day long, multiple calls in a row is energy depleting to me. You know, I get energy from long conversations like this, an hour long conversations like this energy. If I have 10, 30 minute meetings back to back all day, depleted. You know, and so it's like knowing that about myself so that I can, you know, control my day in a way where I feel like I can give my most where I need to and without that guilt. Does that make sense? 100%. And I'm a huge comparison person. Like, I Mm -hmm. love how you broke that down because when we compare ourselves to others, we limit our potential of what's possible. It's not even that we'll steal all of our joy, like everyone says. When you compare yourself to others, you're missing out on the opportunities that you have with inside of you. And this is so important, especially when it comes to energy, because different ways of energy don't mean right or wrong. They mean what's good for you. And it's such a pivotal moment when you can say, okay, I don't like to have this much energy for this, or I don't need that much energy for this. And I like to rejuvenate my energy this way. If you need an hour of Netflix to rejuvenate your energy so you could show up at a 10 out of 10 for your clients, well, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to worry about it because guess what? You're going to make a bigger transformation because you took that hour to yourself rather than trying to force in a call because you think you have to fill up your time. Productive does not equal busy. Busy does not equal productive. And you right. know, I get fired up when we dive deep <laughs> into these things because I don't want people to feel that they have to equate their success or their self-worth based off what other people are doing, even if they don't possess the same skills. Because mm-hmm. nobody in life is starting at the same page in their book. Nobody in life is writing the same story. We are all doing independently of each other. And the only thing we need to do to win at the game of life is to find out our story, our voice, and be unapologetically forward about who that is. And when mm-hmm. you can do that, you can start to build momentum. You start to increase your confidence. Your energy starts to be there more frequently. And then you can really start to go after what it is that you really want to achieve based on that definition of success. Right. And I think especially when you have society or family dynamics or friendship dynamics or education standards, there are a lot of factors that weigh into what we think means you know, success. And whenever I was in my early 20s, it was very much like status-driven, ego-driven, money, materialism, can't wait to get this, 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 and this. And let me tell you, you know, wanting to make a, a living to support your family, wanting to have that car is not bad. What I will challenge is that when you put all of your energy and success goals on materialism and not on how doing the activity in the journey in the process make you feel, I think that's where there's like that disconnection, you know? And so it, for me, it took really understanding who I am and what it is that I want to do and how I want to impact people for that natural shift away from materialism to really like chasing down those feelings and that that 
um, sustainability and that like lifestyle of this is how I want to live and that feels successful. So even though I, you know, am not a millionaire and I don't, you know, own multiple homes or have all these different vehicles or whatever, you know, whatever that might like quote unquote entrepreneurial success is or supposedly looks like, I think that I'm already successful because I feel like I'm emotionally healthy and I know myself really well and I'm constantly growing and like striving to be better and striving to love people better and forgive and trust. And like, I I feel like my heart posture is open, you know, and like that feels successful to me. And that's my personal definition of success. And I think that changes for everyone and it's okay. And there isn't there isn't judgment on the other side of your version of success. And if you can even find a little bit of that success right now, how that can build that security and confidence to keep going and keep fighting for what it is that you want. And, you know, you said it really well, you know, that you are starting to really think of yourself as successful. Because here's the truth. We are all successful in a certain way. We may not be successful to the ultimate end goal of what we define as success, but that doesn't matter, right? And this is going off of what you're saying because success is defined by us as individuals. It's not the expectations that society puts on us. It's not the expectations our parents, our significant others. Success is defined independently by ourselves. Right. And I truly believe that we can have it all. We can have it all. You don't have to sacrifice success in one area to get it in the other. But what you do have to do is take the right actions and be clear on what it means to you. And Mm -hmm. when you can really define it and break it down, you can have it all. You can Mm -hmm. have the money. You can have the relationship. You can have the confidence. You can have the charitable giving. You can have the health. You can have the fitness. You can have the emotional stability that you've always wanted. You can have it all. But Mm -hmm. it starts... By removing the comparison to what you think success is, it starts by eliminating the doubt of what's possible. And it really focuses on diving deep within yourself and saying, you know what? I am that badass. I do have these things. I may not have them yet, but I do have them, right? Mm -hmm. And start owning that and really taking it into your own because no one else is going to understand what success means to you. And no one else is going to understand what you want. Right. And I think that right there, I just want to like reiterate that no one is going to understand what success looks like to you. And no matter how many times you explain it or try to like, you know, share that, some people are just never going to understand. And that is also okay. Like we can't look for affirmation in a way of like, hey, this is my version of success. Jake, do you think that that's okay? Do you think that that's enough? Do you think that like I, you know, is that, is that the right version of success? And it's like, if that's my version of success, that's mine. You know, that's my lifestyle. That's the way that I want to live my life. And trying to always seek that validation, that affirmation that, hey, does my is my level and where I'm at, do you think it's okay? Do you think it's good enough? I think that is like a whole level of stuff because I actually find myself there more than I would like to emotionally. I find myself in that. It's like I've I've identified who I am. I've identified what I want and what I think success is and tapping into that feeling of of already cultivating that success um, and my version of it. 
And then what happens sometimes is I find myself looking external when really I just need to continue to have that internal presence and internal energy. But I look external and I'm like, but do you think that this is okay? Do you think that this is right? And that breeds insecurity. Well, and that's why, and that's why so many of us rely on other people's opinions to dictate our self-worth because Mm -hmm. internally we start to feel it. But also a lot of the way we can see if we're successful is through external, in a way, validation. How do you know if your business is successful? Well, it's not just because you have a business, because you have customers that pay you money to run your business. Therefore, you need some form of that external usage, right? But you cannot allow the external opinions of others and the external thoughts of others to dictate your true true north, your true definition of success. And this becomes really, really apparent when you're talking to people that you love and that you care about. Because this is when it becomes more difficult. Because the people whose opinions matter the most to us are typically the people who are closest to us. And sometimes the people that are closest to us, A, just don't understand what we're doing so they don't know how to help. Or B, they don't realize how much their words are actually impacting you because they think you have it all figured out. And they mm. look at you and they, they kind of think what they're doing is just like, you can take it. But meanwhile, it's tearing you up inside. And mm-hmm. that's why when you level up and when you keep going, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to level up with you. You mm-hmm. can't have people on the first floor of a building when you're on the 10th floor of a building because it's never going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like for me, I had friends when I started my, my business talk shit to me left and right and talk shit behind my back. And I knew it was going on. And so I started to feel that I wasn't, I was like what they were saying. I wasn't the successful entrepreneur. I wasn't going to be able to make it because they were like, why would you do this? Why would you leave stability and the job at the Lakers to go do your own thing? Why, why, why? But over mm-hmm. time, what I've realized is those voices were not the ones I should have been listening to. Those are the people that didn't lift me up. They were the ones trying to tear me down. And when you can realize that it's okay, it's okay for yourself to give yourself permission to not associate with people that don't help you live the life you want to live, that's a huge breakthrough in our lives because we all feel that. Nobody likes to get someone talking shit about them. Nobody likes to feel doubts from outside pressure. But what Mm -hmm. we do like to do is we do like to get the feeling from our friends, from our loved ones, from our customers, from our employees, from our partners that say, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Hey, that was unbelievable what you just did. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Those are the moments that change your life and allow you to keep fueling your internal passion. Right. And I think that that is a really great opportunity to talk about this like individualism focused culture where it's like, I can do it on my own. I can figure this out on my own. I'm independent. I'm strong. I don't need anyone. And I think that can be a dangerous mindset to get in because what you do is you put up walls where there should be fences. You know, There should be a gate where you people can come and go. Good could come in. Bad can stay out. And we end up putting walls there you know, because we're like, hey, this is my business. This is my life. This is my lifestyle. And I'm independent. And what you said is like that that celebration and that being seen and that connection and that being heard and people truly taking the time to understand you is beautiful. And it, it can really change your life. It can change the way that you see yourself. And when people speak that love and that truth into you, you know, it, it makes individualism, you know, seem like, well, why did I ever think I could do this all by myself? 
And at the same time, using discernment and wisdom to after you've tried and tried and tried with a relationship or a friendship and they still don't get it and there's still that negativity and there's still that dissension or that con- um you know being condescending or you know not being supportive at that point you know your effort has and energy has to be transitioned somewhere else and like you know you naturally can let that go if you've tried you know i'm a believer in trying to make a friendship or a relationship work and and communicating that you've hurt my feelings and I would really like you to stop and here's why and like at least trying to verbalize that boundary and then if it's not respected then I feel like it's almost an opportunity they've made it easy for you to just say okay I've set the boundary you don't want to respect it totally understand I'm going to distance myself I would love to hear how you handled that oh I mean I got to be honest here one of the hardest things that like I've go through is being able to express those feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And I and and I think like, you know, you're so good at this. Okay. You know, and and this is why, this is why also you will no, not just you, but nobody will ever achieve their definition of success if they don't have other people that are on board and to support that. Whether that's investing in a coach that can push you or whether that's investing in the right circle that can inspire you. You need people at every part of your life to believe in what you're trying to do, but you have right. to be the one guiding the ship. Mm-hmm. But here's going back to your question. For me, sometimes it's hard to bring up my feelings after being hurt and then also having to make decisions based on those feelings if they're not reciprocated because already you feel down or discouraged and then you gather all this courage, it takes a lot of energy you go up there and you say how you feel and they don't reciprocate. They don't respond. They don't rise up to you and meet you where you need to be met. That can be almost more demoralizing than just taking the shit that they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've really had to realize that if I want to grow, I have to have the difficult conversations. I have to have the difficult conversations with myself and, and the other people. And every time that I've started to frame it as I am doing this to grow into the identity and the person that I believe I'm capable of, I know that those are just pieces of the puzzle to getting there. And I'm willing to have those conversations. I'm willing to express how I feel. I'm willing to tell my roommates and my friends, hey, I need your support right now. And if you don't support me, let me know. And if you are willing to hear how I think you can support me, I'll tell you. And if you're not, then we're just going to be friends that are good for these purposes. And that's where it's really important to understand that your friends will never stay the same level of your friends. Meaning Mm. some people are your do-it-all friends, right? And you know where I'm going with this. Some people are your workout friends. They're great to go to the gym with. They're super fun to catch up with and hit a workout with, but they're awful about telling your life story or talking about your, your relationship trouble. They're not that person. You could have your business friends, people that you love to talk business with, but really you guys don't, you're not going to go get a beer together. Mm-hmm. Different friends, it's okay to have different purposes within your friends. Yeah. And when you can find the right people's strengths based off what you need from them and what you can give them to make sure that it stays mutually beneficial, well, then you can start to surround yourself with the right people in the right situations. Mm-hmm. And that starts to bring more fulfillment internally and externally. I love that because I think that we, and I've heard this so much lately and I, I'm going to bring it up again, is, you know, we're tribe 
like instinctually we came from tribes. And so there's this like, you know, wanting to stay in the tribe. Everyone has their place in the tribe, their duty in the tribe. And if you act up, you know, you can be outcast from the tribe. So you want to make sure that you stay in. And then there's also this level of um, when do you, when do you, purposefully leave the tribe because it's not serving you anymore. And so it's really interesting. Like we try to fit a whole tribe into one person. We try to fit every single like activity that a tribe is supposed to, you know, your whole community around you. We try to fit it into one friendship or we try to make all of our friendships the same or at the same depth level. And when we can normalize the fact that um, a part of having a deeper life is having the awareness of what level your friendships are at, you know? And sometimes I'll think that I'm much deeper with a friend than they think they are with me and vice versa, you know, because the energy that I carry into a friendship might have a lot of depth and emotional attachment and it's not reciprocated. And that's, that's also okay. But having the awareness of where you're meeting that person and then, you know, saying that you want to go deeper and having those honest conversations, like, I'll give you a very real example. Um, A lot of my girlfriends are starting to have kids. And there's this assumption when you do not have kids that, hey, you know, my my friend has a baby now and she's probably really busy. And so I'm making the I'm making the subconscious assumption to not ask her to go get coffee because she's probably too busy. And then time and time and time passes and you haven't gotten together in months because you've made the assumption that she doesn't want to see you because she's too busy. And so I had this conversation with my girlfriends, um, three of them that have children separately. And I said, hey, this has been my my subconscious assumption. I want to know like do you want to get together? Do you want to have girls nights? And they're like, oh my gosh, please. I would love that. Just because I had a kid doesn't mean that I don't want to have girls nights. And from their perspective, I didn't even see that because I'm not in the stage of my life where I have children yet, but they're hungry for that. You know, they're like, yes, please. You know, my husband can watch my kids, my in-laws, like I can get a babysitter. There's lots of other options Um, or come over, hang out with me and my kids. So it's like normalizing that conversation of how often would you like to meet? You know, how deep do you want this friendship to go? How can I support you and meet you where you are in this season instead of me making assumptions about where our friendship is or where you are in your life, like normalizing, just talking about it. And then like you can deepen that friendship so much. I walked away with my eyes like wide open. I was like, wow. One, I learned how I can be a better friend and where I'm falling short. And also they, they communicated their needs to me and now I can work on helping them like meet those needs. In anything that we do in life, anything that we do in life, if we ask the right questions, we will get the answers and the information we need to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. It all comes down to how do we help someone achieve their most internal desires? To be loved, to be heard, to feel that they matter, to feel that they belong, and to be complimented. And if we can ask questions, we can get answers. If we can ask great questions, we can get great answers. And if we never ask those questions, we will never know. And then our our subconscious assumptions, any conscious assumptions literally Mm -hmm. will be disappearing in the wind because we will have never taken that first step to ask. And so this is, you know, with everything, whether it's connecting with yourself, ask yourself questions, whether it's connecting with your significant other, ask some questions when you're dating, I'm single guy, I'm dating. I ask questions 
And I ask good questions and deep questions because I genuinely want to know what the other person's all about, right? And the only way we can service people and provide great value is by giving them answers to their biggest wants, right? Mm -hmm. And the only way we really understand their wants is by asking them questions and continuously learning the right answers. Mm -hmm. And being honest when those, when your assumption is correct, you know, like, or I think it just, it peels back this layer of honesty in where a friendship or a connection really is. And, and it gives you an opportunity to see how you want to move forward. And I think a lot of times in relationships with ourselves and other people, we feel kind of stuck. We don't really feel like we're growing. We're just kind of like plateaued with the communication, with the trust, with the the fun, the energy is just kind of like tapered. And I think whenever you can really dig deeper with a friendship, actually, this is a good question. How how have you gone deeper with your existing friends as you've grown and you've unlocked different levels of yourself and um, know yourself at a deeper level and you want to cultivate deeper friendships? Has it been hard? Is it awkward? You know, you, you already – it's like old Jake and then new Jake, you know, and like sometimes those worlds collide. And I'm curious, like how do you bring that friendship level deeper? as a guy too? (laughs) It's an unbelievable question. What I've found for me is that as I've evolved and as I continue to evolve, the big truth when it comes to deepening my existing friendships as well as new friendships is being unapologetically my true self and not trying to play to the level of their competition or to rise to what I think someone else wants me to try to rise to. But it's about being me for who I am. And if people can come along for that ride and they want to be a part of that, then we're going to dive deep and we're going to go deep quick. But there are some people that will never match my energy or want to be around me for that long. That's okay. And there are people on the flip side that have way more energy than I do, which is rare, but that have way (laughs) more energy than I do. I can't and I can't be around them for too much time, right? And so I think when it comes to really digging into these deeper relationships is being self-aware of knowing who I am. What are the things that I do that maybe turn people off? What are the things that I do that people really like about me? And then how do I really be my true self around people and understand that I don't need everyone to like me. I need the right people to love me. And when that's Mm. the case, those relationships get deeper and more intimate. And as a man, like, it's not always something that men talk about, right? Is they, We don't talk about how we're feeling or how we're growing or how we're evolving. It's sports, beer, golf, you know, the normal things. And, I'm, and I like to have like good, good talks. And there are some people that you just won't have those talks with. And again, going back to what we talked about, that's okay. But when you dive deeper is you have to put yourself out there and you'll find that people will want to be a part of your journey when you really own who you are. Because mm-hmm. that's, really the time where people start to say, oh shit, they're doing it. They're living their true life. And no matter what, I respect them. And I more often than not find those people want to replicate them. There, I bet you there are people listening to this, have friends where they see you talking and they're like, Alexis has the most confidence. She's so good on the podcast. She can do all these things. I wish I could be more like her, right? 
And there are people all the time that tell me, Jake, I wish I could be more like you. And I'm telling people, I wish I could be more like them, right? Yeah. But when you truly <laughs> own that, right? Like when you truly own that you are where you're at and you continuously are willing to evolve, people will come along for the journey. And those are the relationships that are going to stay in your life that really matter. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I, I love what you chatted about through as you've tried to go deeper and you've embraced who you are unapologetically, it's something that men don't really talk about. It's almost like this unspoken thing where you just like start showing up as yourself one day or you never do it all, but it's not a conscious discussion among maybe your friends. Whereas I think people that identify as a woman are always like, who am I? What what do I want? Where am I going? How do I feel? And I think that those are still thoughts that men, people that identify as men think about, but it's not as normalized to discuss amongst their own community, you know? And I I love that you said that because I I think that one thing I want the deeper life to do in general is normalize these conversations, you know, just normalizing being honest and asking questions and caring and wanting to go deep and, and really trying to peel back a lot of the layers of who am I? What do I want? How do I want to connect with people? And how do I want to show up? So I have a question. This, this, um, I don't need everyone to like me. I just need a few people to love me. I love that quote. And I want to like, obviously, you know me, I want to like dig into that. So I've struggled with this a lot of this, like, sometimes I find that this, I don't need everyone to like me attitude for me personally sometimes feeds into my ego a little bit where I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing things. And like, I don't need everyone to like me. Like I'm fine. I'm perfect the way that I am. And I think there's a level of that that's healthy of like, yeah, naturally not everyone's going to like me. And I think there's a personal responsibility to understand how you affect other people too. So it's like, like balancing both of those without it being egotistical and coming from this unhealthy place of like, I am better than, I am above, I don't need everyone to like me, I'm fine. Like that kind of energy. And also carrying the weight of not everyone needs to like me, but I do want to be kind and respectful to everyone. And I recognize that my personality type might not mesh well with other people. And like, but there's still kindness and respect there. Does that make sense? Like, I just feel like that's a interesting an interesting thing to like dive into. Well, some people, when they have the, I don't need people to like me, use that as an excuse to do certain things. Okay. Yes. Yes. They use it as an excuse to do certain things. And this is not the area that we're going to dive into here. This is not where we're going to go deeper into. Okay. <laughs> right. This is this is really an area where when it's, you don't need everybody to like you. It's, you don't have to live your life trying to please other people. You don't have to change your personality to get that external validation. What mm-hmm. you do want to do is be yourself. And when someone doesn't like you for your style or whatever, understand that there's 7 billion other people in the world. And a lot of them will love you for who you are. Those mm-hmm. are the people that change it. And I've really learned this as I've grown my business, because until you take a stand and you stand for something, you really stand for nothing. And that's when people walk all over you. And that's when you never reach that true identity that you've always envisioned for yourself. Because I bet you everybody that's listening has an identity of the person they've wanted to become, 
or that they think they are, but their actions don't reflect that. And I had yes. this. I played too small because I wanted other people to like me. I didn't voice what I believed I was capable of doing because I was afraid that once I did that, people would think I'm crazy. Once I started to take ownership, and I think this is something I'm always working on because I always keep leveling up as I grow. I keep like saying, oh my gosh, I was thinking too small still. Mm-hmm. But just you can't let small minds keep you from thinking big. And you can't mm-hmm. let other people who don't necessarily like you stop you from becoming the person you are destined to become. And so when I think about it, I am going to go big. I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to do me. And if you don't love that energy, that's okay. There's going to be another coach for you. There's going to be another someone to motivate you. There's going to be someone else's podcast you can listen to. That's okay. I want you to get that information and I want you to find the change. But if you want what I bring, I'm going to serve you better than anybody else in this world. And I'm going to take you to your promised land faster than anyone else can get you there. That is what I can do. And that's what I believe I'm capable of. So when I say people don't like you, it's not to serve an ego. And it's not to try to get people to do what you want. What it means is that you are really being your true self and you want to invite people on that journey because Mm -hmm. look at the most polarizing people in the world, okay? If you look at the people with the strongest communities, they often tend to have some of the strongest haters. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're they're not maybe a great person. It just means they stand for something. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to please everybody to get rich, to be happy, to feel validated or to become your true self. What you Mm -hmm. do need to do though, is be grateful for what you have, ambitious for what you want, and enjoy the journey in the pursuit of greatness. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I've never actually gone this deep in this topic before. And a lot of these thoughts have just kind of floated around in my head of like, you know, being likable and being, you know, um, being respectful and kind while also still being yourself and like holding space for both things of like, I don't want to compromise my personality. And I also want to be kind and respectful and loving to all people while still being myself. And I think that those things, those things coexist. They don't have to be one or the other. And I think sometimes we can like downplay ourselves or kind of water ourselves down because we're afraid of how people are going to perceive us. And I think as long as it's rooted in love and kindness and respect, then I think that you can you can absolutely have both. Like it doesn't need to be one or the other. Um, this is a bit of like a hard left in the conversation. Um, but as we've talked a lot about like knowing yourself and how we interact with other people, the word boundaries like always comes up for me. And I want to talk about the work <laughs> – the work that you've done with me on setting boundaries with myself and giving away my time, feeling very overwhelmed, feeling like I'm never um, on top of things. That like that feeling of I saw a, a meme today on Instagram. It's like it was a dog laying in its dog bed sleeping, and it's like me. I really need to get my shit together. Also me dog laying in dog bed, taking a nap. And I sometimes feel like that's me. And, and through a lot of our peer coaching and like peer mentoring, you've really kind of drawn this out of me of like, what is your ideal life? What is your dream schedule? Like if you're going to set boundaries with your time to be more productive and get things done, like you have to put some things in place. 
So let's talk through that because you have really revolutionized my mornings. And I think that coming from how things should look like, I should work 40 hours a week. My day should start at 8 a.m. My day should end at 5. I should say yes to everything and see as many people as possible because I love being social. So yes, of course I I do that because it aligns with my socialness. Like there's all these things that uh, without us really keeping an eye on them, they can just kind of drift away. And then we feel overwhelmed and anxious. And sometimes I get angry because I'm like, where'd all my time go? I'm not getting anything done. Then I'm mad at myself. You know this very well. So I would love to talk about this on the show. <laughs> so I want to make something very clear here when we're about to talk about is that I am going to, I'm one of the most competitive people and you know this, I'm one of the most competitive people that exist. I want to win and I will do whatever it takes to win. Like I am a winner, period. Okay. And this is something that I've had a lot of internal debate learning because just because you want to win, it does not mean that you have to work all of the same hours that would you would think would equate to winning. What mm-hmm. winning means is creating the boundaries in your life that give you a chance to live your best life. And winning can really mean having a great day and replicating that over and over and over again. You have great days, you're going to end up with a great life, right? Simple, simple, yeah. simple equation. However, how do we start to have great days? How do we start to have great weeks? Well, we have to create those weeks and those days to fit everything that we want it to fit that will lead to our optimal production, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we think, especially when we're building businesses, we think that we have to work 18-hour days because that's what someone else is doing. Or if we're not working, we're not making money. But what we fail to to remember, just like when we talk about energy, just like when we talk about success, you have to put the right buckets in the right time slots to create the right results. And what this looks like specifically is What is your morning? What is your ideal wake-up time? What is your ideal start time? Do you want to work on Fridays? Do you want to be done by 2 p.m.? Do you want to be able to have a weekend and go on vacation three days every single weekend? What do you want in your life? And then you work backwards. And we start to create boundaries. We create rules of living. And we start to really identify the things that bring you the most joy, but then also focusing on turning the work time into your most productive hours that you've ever had. Because your energy is a 10 out of 10, you, your levels are a 10 out of 10, your health is as a 10 out of 10. And when I say 10 out of 10, I mean, it's the best possible for that day. Of course, mm-hmm. these things will always fluctuate. But when we started talking about this, right, you were like, I feel overwhelmed with some things. I don't know when I should be starting work. I don't know when I should be ending work. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I said, and I said to you, I said, then you don't do it. Then you figure out another way. And then we started breaking it down. And like, You've created something spectacular for yourself. You mentioned your mornings. Like, take us through what your morning looks like and like what you, where you were, and then take us through and like, now your morning is incredible. And what has mm-hmm. that done? Like, like, let's show people that you can, that anyone can do it quickly. Right. And I will say, like, I know that this sounds like a system, and sometimes systems to people don't sound sexy. And I am one of those people. Systems don't sound sexy to me. And so I've reframed them as rituals and rituals really resonates with me. Just like I don't call working out an exercise, working out an exercise, I call it movement because I've reframed it to language that really fits me. Please, anyone listening, do the same thing. Like whatever language, you know, you need to hear, 
really figure out that wording for yourself because you can get emotional buy-in then. I can get emotional buy-in to movement. I can get emotional buy-in to the word ritual. I love the way that feels to me. So figure what figure out what that is for you too. And this is again like another great connection piece of knowing yourself. And I think that my mornings have allowed me and given myself permission to know myself in a way that I haven't in a really long time. And the way that I spend my time is mine. And I cherish that like morning ritual. So before I was waking up at like 8, 8.30, not really sure when I should be starting my day, Feel like waking up feeling pressure, waking up being like, I'm behind. I don't know why I felt like I was behind, but I just felt like I was behind. And you know, rushing into things, rushing through my coffee, not really making time to journal, rushing through reading or not even reading at all. Um, you know, working through breakfast, eating breakfast while I'm I'm working or feeling very anxious about my day. And um, by the time I'm you know mid morning, mid midday, I'm already feeling kind of exhausted from that that anxious energy. And then you know, when do I end my day? I'm not sure. And this might not be as relatable to someone who is working a more structured eight to five, but it, it is applicable, but just figure out kind of where it would apply in your mornings. Um, but for me, I wanted to walk into my my day with my most creative, my most connected self. So I had to ask myself, what activities make me feel most creative and most connected? So now, which is hilarious, I wake up at 5.45, between 5.45 and like 6.15 is really where I'm at right now. And I am not, I am nice in the morning, okay, but I'm not an early riser. So I like to sleep in because I'm a night owl. So I'm usually going to bed late, which is also something I'm working on right now. So I wake up between 5.45 and 6.15 and I go to the gym um, or I call it the house of movement because that's what I like to call it. Again, reframing, figure out whatever language works for you. And I move my body for an hour. I come home. I take a quick shower. I make myself a delicious breakfast. It's very ritualistic for me. You know, cutting my strawberries. I'm listening to Christian music because that's what my vibe is in the morning. I'm listening to like worship music. I'm making my French press coffee. And then I just, I'm wearing my robe. I'm wearing my plushy soft robe. And then I'm going to go outside if it's nice. And I'm sitting outside and I'm journaling, doing my gratitude journal. I freehand write for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then I um, usually try to do uh, read a chapter or two of the Bible. And then I'll even, if I have enough time, this is the part that I use as like a, if I have time, I will read a nonfiction book that I, you know, that's about personal growth. And then I'll go downstairs, I'll put on whatever I'm wearing for the day, and I'll start my business day. And I have been doing this now for a month, for like three and a half weeks, yeah, a month. And it's totally changed my mental health. I feel like I have more um, more control over my feelings. Not that I'm trying to control my feelings, but I feel like you know, moving your body and, and writing and reading can really help your mind and your body have a connection. And so I feel like I'm not as anxious. Um, those feelings of depression are fewer and far between because I feel like I'm waking up in a really energized way versus before it was hard to even get out of bed. And so it's like taking back my mornings. And you were such a huge part of showing me the power of that. And like, and and you framed it in a way of like, you know, knowing yourself. And for me, I'm like, okay, yeah. 
how could I get to know myself better in the morning so that I can give more during the day to other people? And it's like first giving to self so that I can fill myself up so that I can then pour out. Sorry, I just like went on a rant, but I love my mornings. <laughs> and, and it's a beautiful thing because I'll ask you a follow-up question because people are saying, well, I'm not a morning person. I, you know, it sounds great, Alexis, you're doing it, but, 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 but what does that mean for the rest of your day? You're starting your workday late. Aren't you stressed out? They're not going to be able to get as much done. How much more have you been able to get done because you've taken the time to enjoy your day? And how much more are you starting to see that days are all exciting? There is mm-hmm. no just work day. I have to go through the day. It's, oh my gosh, I'm living every day just as if like it's my dream weekend. And I'm on mm-hmm. vacation. I'm sitting outside. I'm reading. And then I get to work and I just crush that shit. I just mm-hmm. crush it. Like, yeah. are you seeing that in everything that you're doing? I do. I do. I'm still working on it because I am not perfect, but I do feel like my energy is more sustained and I feel excited and I don't feel as burnt out in the in the afternoons as I used to feel. So I'm giving myself the permission to take breaks when I need to take breaks, but I have found that I've taken less breaks. Like I'm able to do longer stints of productive work. And then when I end my day around four o'clock, because that's when I want to end my day, there's also some excitement there of like I'm working towards that four o'clock so that I can take my dog on a walk, so that I can meet my friends, so I can go meet family um, or spend time with myself. And that was another thing too is like setting boundaries with your time. You were like, how many times a week do you want to hang with your family? How many times a week do you want to hang with your friends? How many times a week do you want to spend by yourself? Like get very specific so that you can kind of have a baseline so that you know, you're not busy every single night, every single weekend. Like how are you kind of um, managing your time in a way that is sustainable instead of like always being on the go, always being busy, 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 filling the schedule. I feel burnt out. I don't feel connected to self at all because I'm so busy. I'm not taking any time to to like, hey, you know, Thursday nights are my night by, my, by myself. I love that night. And so getting very specific too on how you're, you know, allocating your time, your free time, your not work time. And when, when, you know, and I think about this too, and for myself and for, for everyone that we work with, I think a lot about teaching people and teaching myself that the non-work activities are more important than the work activities. If I define success as having freedom, then, and then I go and I work 14 hour days with no breaks, that's not a freedom lifestyle. But right. if I define freedom as being able to wake up, get a workout in, being able to do what I want, hang out with who I want, and you start to schedule those things, because I think if it's on the calendar these days, it's not getting done. But once it's in the calendar, right. it's expected to be done. Mm-hmm. You got to put in your calendar relaxation time. You got to throw in fitness time. I read a story of this guy who was in the fitness industry, a very masculine man teaching fitness who used to take midday massages because that would rejuvenate him and get him going, right? Surprise, right? I read a story and because of that, he was able to double and triple his business year after year after year. Part of that is because he found out what works for him, what refuels him, what is important to him, and then put it in and actually executed on that. So if you mm-hmm. want to hang out with your friends, take a Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. and put that in your calendar. I hang out with my friends. I watch the sunset every night. Whatever it is that you really need to be living your best life, make sure that that becomes part of what you do on a daily on a daily basis. And here's the big kicker with this all. Because people, when they start to do this, 
They get very easily overwhelmed, like you said, by systems. It's not sexy. Oh my gosh. Are you telling me, Jake, that I have to structure all my free time and all my fun time? No, I'm not telling you that at all. What I'm saying is that it's okay to give yourself permission to make adjustments to serve your best self. And Mm -hmm. that's something when you start to make rituals, when you start to go to the house of movement, when you start to do (laughs) these things, is try and see what works. If you try to get up at six in the morning and you're like, nope, this isn't working, try 6.15. Maybe that 15 minutes is the difference between you having the perfect morning and an awful morning. But try it because what works for you is going to be different than what works for me. But what will work for all of us is by putting in the things that matter most to us. Mm-hmm. And what you said about knowing yourself enough to make those adjustments of like checking in, is this working? You know, how am I feeling? Do I like I give myself that window of like that 545 to 645. I give myself an hour of like, you know, and sometimes I'll hit snooze and sometimes I'm up and I'm ready to go. Sometimes I wake up before my alarm now, which is insane because if you know me very well, my ass is in bed till like 8:39. Like I just want to sleep. You know, I'm like I love sleep. I love my bed. I love my cozy sheets. Like I just want to be in bed. And I have completely changed. And I think that's like the thing that's most interesting to me is I would not classify myself as a disciplined person, someone that's like all in on systems and all in on processes. And ever since I implemented this, I can really see how processes. I mean, I always have, especially being an entrepreneur and like being in business, I know frameworks and processes are important. Okay. But it's also like when it comes to your time and your calendar and how you're allocating your time and managing that. I've never actually felt disciplined enough to implement those systems. And now that I have, I feel like happy. You know, I feel happy. I feel like I have autonomy, like I have independence and this freedom over my schedule that I haven't before. And um, there has to also be this level of if you're unapologetically yourself, you also have to be unapologetic about how you spend your time. And being able to say, you know, put boundaries and say no too. And so when you have that in the calendar, it's easier to say no. Oh, sorry, tonight's tonight's my night for myself. But maybe, hey, what about next week on Monday? You know? And so it gets easier to, to respect the boundaries that you've placed for yourself when you have that honest conversation and you can say, oh, you I already have this, like you already have that commitment, that appointment with yourself. And so it's, it's immovable. I mean, it can be adjusted, but you have something to, to lean back on and say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I already have this going on with myself. And that's powerful. And we want to remove decisions. Like we, we mm-hmm. want to remove difficult decisions in our life. And like, so this is where you take it to the, even the next step, which is creating your like rules of living, rules that you do not break. Okay. So like, for example, I do not take phone calls before 11 a.m. Monday through Friday unless it's an emergency or unless it's something that like has to has to be done. But almost any call is after 11 a.m., meaning from 5.32 in the morning to 11 a.m., that is my work time, my morning routine, that is me time. And typically because of that rule, since I set that rule, my days by 11 are more complete than most people's days by 8 p.m., which then mm-hmm. allows me to have freedom and to do other things. I also only do interviews on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I find that, okay, that's the easiest. These are my available times. Let's see if we can make it happen. 
Again, you can always make exceptions, but when you live based off like making choices simpler, it becomes easier to be yourself and to fill in the time with what you want to do. And it starts to be able to fruit you up so you can be more present when you do show up. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. I would rather have feelings of obligation towards myself than someone else because I don't resent myself. You know, but if you feel obligated to be at something because you feel like you can't say no, there's usually some sort of resentment or like underlying emotion where you're like, I don't even want to be here. Like, but I was roped into saying yes or, and it's like, no, you know, don't be obligated to other people. Like your choice is your choice and you always have that ownership of your choice and how you want to spend your time. And so this has also given me the opportunity to be more present when I am places because I've chosen, I've actively chosen to be there versus this feeling of like, well, I don't have any rules or I don't know what I'm doing with my time. So sure. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'm free. And instead of operating from this place of like owning these guidelines and owning my promises to myself. And we, it's so funny, like as, as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking of like, you know, we talked about like, wanting to get people to like us. We've talked about external validation. Most of the time, we want that more than we want the validation of our own internal self. Meaning we'll make sacrifices to try to please other people. We'll say, yeah, I'll do this. Oh, I'll stay another hour and, and do this just because you, you need me to. Oh, I'll go to this meeting. I'll, take, I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. You got to say no. And sometimes saying no may may cause some tension. It may cause a new conversation, but saying no, because it benefits you and not in a selfish way, but because it benefits you in a way that gives you your best self to show up is so mm -hmm. important because look at the end of the day, we have one life. Okay. And when you think about it this way, it's, it's incredible. It's like we get one life and every day that we spend this life trying to please other people or trying to do things that will make other people happy at the expense of our own self is a chance and a time that we will never get back in our life. So it's time to take control of our own lives, to give ourselves the most important gift that we can give, which is time, and start to own our time, take control of our time, and spend time the way we want to spend. If you have a million dollars, okay, you are not going to let someone just take your money. Time is more valuable than money. Yet we let mm -hmm. people take our time every single day. We let them just come in and we take it. We let them tear us down so that we spend more time reflecting on what we just lost. No, it's about time for us to own that stuff. It's mm -hmm. about time for us to start understanding that we get this one life to live. We're going to take care of ourselves and we're going to change the world in the process. Mm -hmm. And, that's, and that's when we own it. And by taking care of ourselves, you're taking care of your relationships because you're bringing your whole self to something. You're you're bringing your most connected self to a relationship, your most honest, your most transparent, your most vulnerable self because you've taken the time to fill yourself up. And it's not out of this place of self-preservation or selfishness. It's out of health and care for self and recognizing that I care enough about myself to steward my time in a way that I'm taking care of my mental, spiritual, and physical and emotional health. And a lot of times that means saying no and going to therapy, moving our bodies, whatever that is. And sometimes that's us doing that alone so that we can, you know, no one can, no one can give that to you. No one can give you 
a good mental health state. No one can give you, you know, a healthy body, a healthy emotional state. That's something that you have to work on and it's something that you usually work on alone. Doesn't mean you can't have people there to support you, but you have to make the active choice to tap into that. And so then you can bring your best self to to your relationships. And something I've always wanted to do, but always told myself I don't have enough time, is I've always wanted to volunteer weekly somewhere. I just, I want to do that. I want to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah. On Fridays from one to two, Alexis, she's here. She's volunteering at this place and like building that consistently in my schedule. And now I feel like that's actually more attainable than it's ever been for me because I've started to implement these systems in the way that I spend my time. And I'm like, maybe I can actually do that. It was always there, Jake. Like it was always there. It was just a mindset shift of like a limiting belief of, oh, I would love to do that. And my heart's there and the intention's there, but the action wasn't because I told myself I didn't have enough time. I love that. I love that. And the I just want to keep diving into this one more time here because when you talk about that, it's now you've realized it, you've started to acknowledge, you've started to build it. But the thing that's going to take you from actually where you're at to actually making that happen is figuring out and going through the steps and breaking it into something that seems easy for you to be able to do, which means that you're not probably just going to go volunteer right away and just be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You're going to need to figure out where do you want to volunteer? Who gets to get your energy? Why do Mm -hmm. they get your energy? And how can you bring the best energy to that particular organization that you're going to help. And when you break those questions down, you're going to find more places coming up. You're going to see what you're attracted to. And you're going to be able to implement that even easier because now you know what you want to do. You know when you want to do it. Now you're figuring out what exactly do you have to do to execute upon that? Because Mm -hmm. everyone's never ready. Everyone says we don't have enough time. We're never going to have the perfect time. The only time that matters is right now. The only Mm -hmm. choice you make is the next choice. If you want to be happy, choose to start being happy. If you want to be a person that controls their time, think about what does a person who control their time do? Mm -hmm. If you want to volunteer more, choose to volunteer more and figure out what are the action steps to make that happen. If you want to choose to start a business, say you're a business owner and go start getting clients. Like It really comes down to making that choice to live and become the person you want to become. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I, I hope that this episode has been encouraging to activate those choices and how we spend our time and activate these thoughts of who are we? What makes us feel most connected? What could our morning rituals be? What could our evening rituals be? How often are we, you know, filling every second of our calendars? I mean, we're just so busy, you know? And for me, busy equaled important, not productive, important. And so I would fill my time because it made me feel like I was important. You know, like I, oh, I'm spending all this time with people, doing all these things, jumping from thing to thing. And it was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, it's feeding that validation, that importance of people want to spend time with me. And it's like, am I important to me? You know, I was seeking external importance. But what about, am I important to myself? Is my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, is that important? And it has helped me kind of reframe the way that I spend my time. And I'm just, I'm saying this because I'm so thankful for uh, the honesty that you saw this happening and you were like, 
hey, let's like break this down a little bit. Let's re- let's recognize that you have a choice in how you spend your time and this overwhelm that is a result of feeling so busy. Let's make that an active choice instead of um, you know, something that just happens to you that you're just a passive part of instead of being an active member in your own life. So what would you say are like one or two things that someone could do now to really start thinking about how they want to spend their time um, and how they want to stay connected with themselves throughout the day? Well, we will always make time for what's important. So Mm -hmm. define what's important to you because then you will make the time for what's important. And what's important to you is not necessarily important to somebody else and that's okay. So get clear on what's important to you identify, write down a list of everything that's super important. After you're done watching this episode or listening to this episode, I want you to write down a list of everything that's important to you. If you could have the perfect week, the perfect life, what would it include doing on a day-to-day basis? And then I want you to put that into your calendar. I want you to put things that are important to you that may not be the most productive or the most work-oriented thing that we normally put in our calendars. So that would be number one. Number two is I would want to say this is In this pursuit of greatness, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to achieve, always find time to enjoy the journey. Because when we can enjoy the journey and the pursuit of greatness, we can be more present. We can be more grateful. We can be more fun. And we can start to really enjoy life rather than just reflecting on what was. And that's such an important mindset shift that will generate happiness and lifelong fulfillment in all of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, friend. I, you're just the best. Seriously. I feel like after every time we talk or like a, you know, our monthly check-in calls, we're always like amped, you know, it's like, here are all the things I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to implement. And so I'm just super thankful for your consistent energy and friendship and accountability too. And I mean, you guys can tell like Jake's energy is off the charts. (laughs) And it's very infectious. And so I hope that this episode has really uncovered some things within you as you're listening to figure out how you want to spend your time, how you can regulate your energy, how you can sustain it, and who you want to be in your life um, as you're on this journey to enlightenment, to a deeper life, to success, whatever that means to you. Um, But yeah, I'm such a fan And I want people to continue to be able to engage with you and connect with you. I know that you do a lot of different things. So share how people can stay connected, work with you, where they can find you, all the things. Read your books. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. So, I mean, first of all, the the feelings are mutual. Like I love chatting with you and, and I always know that every time we chat, everybody comes out a winner. And that to me is such a valuable experience is that we can turn on a mic and people all around the world can can experience what we get to experience every time we chat. So I'm very grateful to, to have been able to share the, the message of elevation with you and, and everyone who's listening. So that being said, the best ways to, to find me are on Instagram at Jake Kelfer or on my website, jakekelfer.com. Um, what we'll do is anybody who wants a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network, that will be on the website or on my Instagram bio. You can just snag it. And then if you want to work, if you feel that you were like, Jake, let's go. Like this fired me up. You can schedule actually a, a, a free call where I'll actually dive deep. We'll talk about your clarity and where you're trying to go and see if there's alignment there. So that offer is open to anybody who's listening um, and who wants some more elevation in their life.
And where can we, where can someone book that free call? Is that just on your website as well? Just go to Instagram, use the link in my bio and it'll pop up a few different links. You can get a copy of the book. You can get a free guide. You can, you can get access to a bunch of free resources and then also schedule that call. And it's, we'll take you two minutes to schedule and we'll, uh, we'll have some fun. And y'all, I know how valuable just being on a 30 minute call with Jake is an hour long call with Jake. And I mean, this is a free call. So any kind of like clarity that you're searching for, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your community, uh, your business, if you're an entrepreneur, like Jake can really steer and coach you through making those difficult decisions and getting clarity on what your next steps are. So big fan. And I'll make sure to link all of that up into the show notes for everyone as well. But I just wanted to say thank you. I'm so grateful for your friendship. And I'm so grateful that I reached out to you on a complete whim four years ago. And it's just blossomed into this really lovely friendship and um, business accountability. And I'm just so thankful for you. Much love.